So we sat down with you a few months ago, and uh, our fans went nuts. They loved all of the crazy stories that you had. So we figured, why not come back and let's turn them into cartoons? Well, I'm all for it. <laughs> Whatever I can do to make fun for people, as well as myself. And now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. Welcome to another edition of Dinner with Racers Special Edition. I am Sean Heckman. Ryan Eversley is totally right next to me as well. He's just in the bathroom, I guess. In any case, this is another one of those Amazon Prime Show podcast extra length special things that we do. Uh, if you listened to last season in episode number 153, you heard a fantastic two-part podcast with none other than IndyCar legend Dick Simon. And his stories were so insane that during our uh, quick little trip out in June, we decided to meet up with him again and get some of those same stories, some new stories, and put them all in animated form. And now that's live. If you're in uh, one of the available countries, which is basically just the U.S. and the U.K., we now have a show up there called death-defying dick simon and other animated tall tales and that features a cut down version of this very meal you're about to hear so long story short if you listen to the two-parter that we did last year you're going to hear a few of the same stories kind of retold but kind of more specific to the way we needed to do it for cartoons uh you're also going to hear some new ones and of course you're also going to hear some stories that didn't quite make the cut of a 40-minute show so other than that there's no real setup because chances are you already know dick simon's story or you can go back to episodes 153 and 154 to hear sort of the origins of dick these are just more crazy stories of how dick simon is still alive and this was actually our first boat episode uh, we were recorded this on a yacht believe it or not dick simon now is in the business of selling yachts known as dick simon yachts uh and actually we went to a shop right there at the dana point harbor out in california called the coffee importers uh if you've ever been out to the beautiful city of dana point uh you probably already know about the beautiful harbors that they have there and of course it's also lined with several different specialty shops the coffee importers being one of them ryan had a sandwich and i had a sandwich that had chicken in it because we're keeping that joke going Otherwise, enjoy. Thank you very much to Continental Tire for getting us there. Acura and that MDX A-Spec for uh, driving around as part of this giant 15,000-mile six-week trip. And, of course, Valvoline that kept the engine running smooth and calm. Enjoy. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two... All right, so let's get right to it. So we were showing you some of our Bobby Unser cartoons, mm -hmm. and um, you immediately thought to uh, one of your ski stories. Oh, yeah. You mean when I was looking at Bobby's, one of Bobby's stories? Well, there's a couple, three or four of them, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one when he was picking on uh, Jerry Grant, as an example, Yeah. yeah. And, and dumping him in the water with their cars. Uh, by the way, they used to, uh, Al and uh, the Unser brothers used to they used to rent uh, rental cars, and they had more fun with those things to the point where they couldn't rent them anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I remember Jerry, uh, I had a, 
uh, sponsor at one time. Because you and you were telling us earlier that you used to pick on Jerry Grant too. Yes, I actually. Uh, <laughs> Poor found, guy. I actually Poor found guy. myself. Well, you know, back at Indianapolis, we shared the same garage okay. at one point. You and Jerry. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He he was driving for Fred Curlow, and of course, I had my own team back then, and uh, um, we shared the same Indy garage at Indy. Uh, so I knew Jerry pretty well, and the, uh, <clears throat> the he he was here one time in Dana Point on a promotion that they Indy was doing with a car that they were traveling around with and getting all the signatures of everybody. And Jerry living in the area at the time, he he came on down. So we went for a boat ride. And of course, back then I had a sponsor called Hair Pieces for, Land Hair Pieces for Men. And uh, so, so be, hold on no, yeah, um so being the salesman that you are, mm-hmm. you took advantage of your situation. Well, you, you know, you have to pay the bills one way or another. Sure. Yeah. And so I thought to myself, the best way would be to, uh, well, let me back up a hair. Okay. When Wait, a hair? Pun? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, basically, when I first got into Indianapolis racing, the, the, one of the first sponsors I had was Travelodge, which basically I was looking for a place to stay as we traveled throughout with the team. So mm-hmm. that's how I went to Travelodge. And I figured they had 500 and almost 10 hotels across the country, and that made, gave us 500 and some homes. So I looked at um, whatever I was trying to do, I tried to tie it into what the whole team was trying to do um, and pay the bills. And so paying the bills through Travel Lodge, giving us free lodging across the country was part of it, along with the fact they gave us some sponsor money to go with it. Um, So when I was in Salt Lake City and uh, I saw this barbershop where there was this before and after and i said to the barber i said well do you sell those kind of things those hair pieces that's his before and after hair piece yes okay and and he said yes i do and i said uh where what what's the name of the company they told me land hair pieces for men and i said well do you think i could wear one of those <laughs> and and he said well yeah and and it's 600 dollars i'll fix you up right Ooh, now that's and, pricey. I, and i said well um i'd rather do something more than that i'd rather that you help me meet the company and i'd like to make a proposal i'll wear a hair piece if they'll sponsor my car Mm-hmm. And and so I said, let's meet with the company. They were in Salt Lake City. Yeah. So I met with the company and ended up with the sponsor of Hair Pieces for Men for a year. Did Did you um, try any on? Pardon? Did you Did you try any Did you try any on when you were in the store? Uh, well, he made one for me that that next week, right. and uh, I wore it uh, for quite some time actually. But I take it off quite often. What What'd you go with? What What kind of style? It was just a, the business style, okay. you know. Very professional. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, nothing out of the ordinary. Didn't want like a red curly haired no, like no, afro. No, no, okay. no, no, okay. no, 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 no. I, I was president of insurance companies back then. Oh, well, I had, they couldn't have that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and actually, it made me look. I was thirty-two or thirty-three years old. Made me look like the youngest president of insurance company. Ah, uh, I see. Uh, so yeah. it, it also was helped. it weird that you were bald the week before? 
Uh, no, I not really. To, okay. to a lot of people, <laughs> okay. a lot of people actually complimented me on it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I had trouble with it myself, and mm-hmm. the biggest problem was my head perspired so bad, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and the perspiration would get in my eyes, and I would take the hairpiece off and and just be mad at it, and <laughs> clean my head off and not wear it for a while, if it was a warm day or that kind of thing. And so that's where it gets back into Jerry Grant. He came here, um, he wore a hairpiece, and and I'm on the boat without a hairpiece because it was just like it is here today. Yeah. It was beautiful. And you don't want to sweat. And I wanted to get some sun on my bald head. And uh, so we're coming down this channel, in fact, and I reached over and grabbed Jerry's hairpiece and took it off. <laughs> and, oh, he wanted to kill me because he thought I threw it overboard. <laughs> and what I had done was thrown it down behind the seat, and he was looking for it in my hand, and I didn't have it. I say, it's gone, Jerry. You're so, with, yeah, you're, he's you're, mad because you thought you threw it overboard. He thought I you threw made it, it look like you threw it overboard. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, 600 bucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that basically is... Uh, what happened with the hairpiece program but uh, i mean he's already down a car yeah right like he's already got this this several thousand dollar bill of a car he has to replace now he's got a hairpiece to go with poor jerry grant well i'll end the hairpiece story with this um i i had trouble as i say with the hairpiece but it worked out tremendously for me because i could use it as a promotional package so as an example on the ontario motor speedway race um i believe it was James Garner was doing an interview on the pit wall and he said to me Dick they got me doing an interview today he said would you share it with me on the wall and I said yeah but can we do something special on your show and he said what do you want to do I want to take this hairpiece off at the end of the show and on television he said you do that and I said yeah it's important that I do that Mm -hmm. for my sponsor oh Okay, so we're on the TV show, sitting on the wall, and we get all done. And he says to me, he says, "Uh, Dick, I want to thank you so much for taking the time today. I know how busy you are, we're in your car, etc. And I said, well, it's my pleasure. And I said, I got to tell you. Uh, these cameras are so hot I can hardly wait to get this hairpiece off and I took it off yeah yeah uh, and so now on national worldwide television they saw the before and uh, the after selling and, and shortly after that is when the company came out with their advertising across the country with the before and after uh, and to mm-hmm. this day I can show you one in the office that is in a <laughs> cupboard somewhere the before and after of Dick Simon with a hairpiece um, it was good. I'd skydived with it, and, and <laughs> I would actually, when you know, I was in skydiving for years. Right, right. And so basically, uh, I would do an ad. They'd take a camera, somebody floating over here, right. and the hair's blowing all over. And then I'd run and jump in the swimming pool with it, you know. And so uh, with me, they had everything. They had basically the swimming pool guy, the skydiving guy, the, the skier. Yeah. The, yeah. It doesn't matter what it was. That hairpiece went everywhere. Included on the Ontario 500, it comes off on pit wall. <laughs> <laughs> and you wouldn't believe it, but for that whole year, whenever I went to a racetrack and wasn't wearing it, people would holler at me, where's your hairpiece? <laughs> <laughs> so it worked out fine. Right. Um, I 
didn't have them after that year because towards the end of the year, we were at a race when I got so fed up with it, I pegged it over to the bench to get it off because I was perspiring so bad. Yeah. It landed in a bucket that's about this deep that we would slide under the car and drain the oil from the uh, rear like end. Yeah. Okay. And they had set it on the bench. I threw my hairpiece up <laughs> on the bench and it landed right in that oil. Of course it did. I walked over and I picked it up, put it in the garbage, and I never wore it after that. Yeah. And the sponsor, sponsors usually don't like that. They, yeah. they, the sponsor called me and they said, we haven't seen you wearing a hairpiece. I said, well, I'm not going to anymore. Uh, and they said, well, then we can't sponsor you. And I said, I understand. Yeah. yeah. So that was one year. Uh, it was all I could really take because I couldn't take the perspiration the hairpiece caused me because my body doesn't, sw- I don't sweat under the arms. I I only sweat off the top of my head. And <laughs> I don't ask me why. Sure. Science uh, by Dr. Dick Simon. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea, but it just comes off the top of my head. <laughs> well, heat travels up. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, right. yeah. yeah. So anyway, you were talking about skiing. Um uh, I have to tell you a little story. Uh, Steve Biljanic was uh, in the uh, 82nd Parachute Division in, in, in the Arm, or in the, uh, whether it was Army or Air Force or yeah. what it was, but uh, he had a jump parachute center in Sandy, Utah. Yeah. And uh, basically, I, I used to... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, ski for the University of Utah uh, on their ski team and so I was pretty well known and I went out to the parachute center one time and uh, he recognized me and said aren't you the skier yeah and so I had to back up just a little bit uh, I was home and I'm looking out my kitchen window yeah and uh, Sandy, Utah, the parachute center was just outside okay. my house about two blocks. Oh, wow. Okay. And yeah. I see these guys traversing across the sky. So I I thought, oh, that's the longest ski jump in the world. <laughs> I, mean, I gotta go. I gotta go. I ran up there and uh, I wanted to see what it would take to do that. And that's when I met Steve Biljanic uh the and he was running the parachute center and that basically you know one thing leads to another that's how i ended up getting into uh the auto racing as well because his brother raced automobiles at the salt lake fairgrounds but in any case um i went up to do that and he said to me he says um uh you know i i I recognize you. You're you're the skier, and I said, "Yeah." He says, uh, "What can I do for you?" And I said, "Well, I'd like to do that." And and he said, "You mean you mean parachute?" And I said, "Yeah." And I said, "What does it take?" And he says, "Well," he said, um, "It." I told me exactly how much it was. I can't remember now, but I said, "Well, let's do it." So he said, "Well, come with me." So I went over, and he had me jump off of a platform about six eight feet tall make a couple of rolls he called it a plf proper landing procedure a fall a proper landing fall and he said well you've got that down pat and i said well yeah when you fall on skis enough you know how to fall and he says well let's put let's put you over on the plane so i went over by the plane put my uh feet on the step and two hands on the strut now he says jump backwards and and 
reach for your chest and pull your hands out before you hit the ground. Yeah. I did that. And he says, you're good to go. Come on with me. Wait, this is one day? Yeah, all in, the la- in an hour. Sounds like a morning. Oh, okay, you were good to go skydiving. It, so, And what year is he this? He says, come to me, oh, 1960. Four or five. Sure. So 1964, you get an hour of skydiving training. Yeah. And you're like, here we go. Well, but he said, come with me. We put the parachute on. Yeah. He gets two other guys, and we all go up in the airplane, and I made my first jump. And now they put a stringer on you, uh-huh. which is, uh, forget what it's called now, but it's a tie yeah. that is about 20-some feet long. And it pulls your chute open automatically. Yeah. And what he said is, when you exit the airplane, yeah. remember what I said, your hands come in and you pull. Yeah. He said, you're not going to be pulling anything because the parachute's being opened automatically. Right. But if you can come in and come back out yeah. quick enough before the parachute is open, I'll let you do it without the cord. Okay. Yeah. So the next jump was without the cord. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, that day I made nine jumps i guess it was i went hog wild <laughs> so after an hour of skydiving training you did yep. nine jumps your first day yes in night in the 60s yes yeah when it was told they had everything figured out by then well basically uh <laughs> you know i uh <laughs> parachuting was uh, was a natural for me having uh having skied so much and and i, I raced boats as a kid 12 years old and in uh, Seattle, Washington, on Lake Washington at the Gold Chain. So when Steve is seeing me react so natural to all of this, you have to say, well, he, you know, he came from the 81st Division. He saw a lot of people training, and he probably recognized that, well, he knows what he's doing. Why hold him up? And so giving him credit, not discredit, uh, he recognized that I had some of that ability to to do that. And he and I went on in that uh, parachute center to uh, actually win the nationals in 1965, Utah Nationals. He and Curry Harlacker and myself and he won the team event. Um, I won the individual event. Um, we had a, a ball, and that's basically what got me started in in the racing, uh, because his brother raced at the Salt Lake Fair Fairgrounds, and he told me he says, "Well, you ought to see my brother." He said, "You'd be good in a race car." <laughs> I said, here we well, go. Here we go. Yeah. So that's how that all started. <laughs> so, you, when you and I met before, we talked about skydiving without a parachute. Huh. And a couple of years ago, Travis Pastrana very famously jumped out of a plane without a parachute mm-hmm. and then put one on in free fall and landed. But mm-hmm. I'm told that there's somebody else, you, that did that before. Well, I've kind of tried to hide it. <laughs> 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 I felt really stupid. Um, <laughs> again, you have confidence in people. Yeah, right. And basically what happened is we were at the drop zone one night, <clears throat> which is... Uh, a bar that was owned by Steve Biljanic. And um, I didn't drink back then. I was racing and doing all sports, and so I didn't have alcohol. So it wasn't an alcoholic situation. I actually went to the bar. Just naturally to, capable of bad decisions. <laughs> to, 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 to meet my friends and uh, sell insurance because I was in the insurance business mm-hmm. at the time. And that was a very easy way to get clients. And so... The, between the parachuting and the insurance business, um, it it made sense to me to 
to spend a, a lot of time sometimes in the bars two or three nights a week. I'd usually end up with one or two clients. So uh, this particular night, everybody else was drinking like crazy. And somebody said, you know, Simon, you've had almost 600 baton passes and you've never missed one. Why don't you try a, a passing a parachute? And I said, passing a parachute? What the hell are you talking about? And they, they said, well, you know, you and Steve know each other pretty well. And they said, Steve, get over here. So they asked Steve if he'd carry the parachute for me. Yeah. So he, he, no, hold on. <laughs> um, nonchalantly bar so, talk. Yeah, nonchalantly bar talk. In a time when this hadn't been done before, there's just this casual conversation of your buddy Steve. You're going to jump out of a plane without a parachute, but it's cool because your buddy Steve's going to hand it to you. Who owns well, the bar? And yeah. we're all drunk except yeah. for you. Uh, it really, it just boiled down to nothing more than holding the parachute at his chest and falling with the parachute and then handing it to me. Without a parachute. Yeah. You do not yeah. Have okay, yeah. so you're really not selling me. <laughs> you're acting like it's not sudden death if it goes just a little wrong. Well, <laughs> you're like, well, it's not that big of a deal. He's just holding a parachute. But you're not wearing a parachute. And again, this yeah. is like 1965. Yeah. But okay. You have, you have, All right. You have yeah. to understand. <laughs> you have to understand that at that point, the confidence level of myself was unbelievable. Oh, no. I get that. Because, because <laughs> you, I, I, I would chase people that had a baton and they were they were very hard to get a hold of because they were falling improper and stuff yeah and i never had a failure of passing mm-hmm. the baton sure. so mm-hmm. if somebody wanted to learn how to pass a baton they always says go up with dick right, yeah, sure. right. Your, your first time will be successful yeah right so that's so now let's turn it up a notch yeah right and have the stakes be you know instant death well yeah, i simply right. said to right. steve i simply said steve would you just hang on to it and i'll i'll pick it up okay <laughs> And he said, yes, I'll hold it. So you just stay there and I'll figure the rest out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, because I used to I used to do all kinds of things like uh, put flour inside my parachute and then open it up, <laughs> come below somebody and open it up and just shower them with the... Uh, I did that a couple of times. And you know, then skydiving pranks. Finally, Steve, Steve, <laughs> the first, the one time I, I the last. I like you said, you know, like this is common <laughs> right, knowledge. Right, right. Like, yeah. The last time blind people that are falling to their death. Yeah. Yeah. The last time I did that, Steve bounced off the parachute, so I didn't do it anymore. <laughs> Probably a good idea to stop. He, he, hurt, he hurt his shoulder when he hit oh, the parachute. Because he couldn't see? Well, he couldn't avoid it because I had showered him with flour. Yeah, it, yeah. It, and it, it, all that happened so quick. And this is in the 60s, just yeah. to reiterate. So, so I, went, I, I went below him and boom, pulled, and he went, bounced off the parachute. Okay, so Because uh-huh. he's blinded by this And he's still powder. falling? He hasn't pulled his parachute yet? N- no. Okay, good. No. So basically, you're just risking both your lives yes. to be like, ha ah, yeah. gotcha. So when you say, uh, was I crazy? Yes. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> in fairness, though, like he probably had that digital altimeter right, that measured right. he and knew it would just automatically the, yeah. if it went wrong, right? Well, let's put it this way: not only the the altimeter did we have, <laughs> but you have the biological altimeter. You know, yeah, if you've which been, doesn't, which doesn't know. help if you slam into a parachute, <laughs> right, Dick Simon, from your friend. Yeah, yeah. that's that's exactly right. Good okay. prank. Good so, prank. <laughs> <laughs> so so. And many times I would pull off pranks like they'd be expecting me to come in and get the baton and I'd come zipping in and pull their parachute and they'd be hanging up there 12,000 feet up. 
and then we'd have to get in a truck and go chase them down at some guy's farmhouse because they get blown away right. because yeah. they got blown away so far. And you know, we we pulled off all kinds of stuff like that. We, we well, sounds like you. Yeah, a couple of times. <laughs> and I got in trouble one time because I didn't. Um, well, let, let's just say that I didn't open the parachute on purpose for a long time. Uh huh. So you're trying yeah. to scare the shit out of people. The fans down below. Yes, yeah. yes, that are about to watch a man die. That didn't come over too good. I can't imagine no, why. No, no. Yeah. Wait, how did it? I mean, you're here, so we know yeah, well, roughly how it ended. But we 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 never did that again. But I, I opened it about 500 feet, 600 feet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so back then we were doing a lot when of. When was everybody else pulling? Well, you were mandatory to pull at 1,800 feet back then. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Three times higher than where you pulled. Yeah, yeah. and that so, was the mandatory part. So let's just assume that I'm there with children, and <laughs> well, they see a, a you know a handful of people pull up, and then one guy still falling, still falling, still falling, still this falling. This is exactly why we didn't do it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's usually bad for business. It's it frightening was, it children. It was for the kids. Yeah. yeah. It was not good. Yeah. Uh, we got in a little bit of trouble. Did you land not, okay? Oh, of course, because the yeah. para- when the parachute I'm opens. Dick Simon. It, well, no, when the parachute opens, it. You're, you're slowed down very quickly, mm-hmm. a couple hundred feet actually, maybe a little further than that. Yeah. But you know, when you open at that speed, you're you're falling at about 180 to 200 miles an hour. Yeah. Um, and so you stop pretty fast. Uh, One way or another. I mean, look at the dragsters. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. doing 300 miles an hour. That chute comes out. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just just ask them what the G-force. The G-force in a track. It's my understanding. Yeah that the g-force in a dragster is worse when the parachute comes out than it is from the acceleration oh interesting yeah the, right. the, the, but the if actual, it goes wrong they have a car yeah between them yeah, and any cage. surface that they hit yeah, yeah. yeah. well i have the ground <laughs> <laughs> so how much money did red bull pay you to jump out of the, the airplane with no se- nobody paid me a nickel oh, okay no. but you had but you're like let's make something of this we'll bring a film crew no nothing no, so it's, it no. was really just a couple guys in the bar like, I bet I could do this. I could totally do this. Yeah. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. But all that happened is basically he, he went out of the plane with the parachute. Mm-hmm. When he went to hand it to me, yeah. he pushed it forward. Yeah. If you stop and realize when you're falling like this, if you put a parachute out here, yeah. that's additional drag. Mm-hmm. And the parachute stood him up. Okay. And I'm coming in to grab underneath him yeah Ooh, i get his feet oh wait wait so it didn't go well no <laughs> no the story you were downplaying a minute ago yeah. is now like, like it's nothing oh there it goes actually no. yeah so I, you I got gra- his feet got his feet grabbed i uh, grabbed grabbed up on on part of whatever it was i grabbed yeah grabbed the parachute <laughs> and put my arm through it spun over backwards so that the parachute was on my back and uh-huh. he's holding it as you're doing this no 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 no, oh, no okay no, no. you forget got it i just took it away oh, and okay and yeah. <laughs> i got it on and fastened it opened it everything's fine and i went <laughs> <laughs> but believe it or not if your whole life has been to react from different emergencies that you've created yourself yes then you have a survival situation that sometimes takes place so and your justification yes. for your behavior mm-hmm. is that 
if you routinely put yourself in life-threatening situations, you'll get out of them easier. So you're just going to keep doing it. He nodded with no irony whatsoever. <laughs> well, <laughs> but that's the fun part of life is is risk. Is watching it end? <laughs> no, risk. And, uh, At 180 miles an hour? Whether it's in business, whether it's in sports, there's a certain amount of risk if you're going to try to be a winner. Less than a year ago, over here in the shipyard, I'm on the back, 10 feet up in the air, on a swim step with a, a ladder. And I ran up the ladder to shut off the lights because the lights on the boats, when they're out of water, the underwater lights will burn out if they don't have the water to cool them. So we had lifted the boat out. It wasn't my boat. It was one I had sold. Somebody had turned the lights on. I guess it was the surveyor had left them on. I said to the shipyard guy, grab a ladder quick. We're going to burn out those lights. So I'm being the aggressive one. I run up that ladder. I said, here, hold the ladder. I ran up the ladder, ran in, shut him off. I come back out. I never paid. I thought he was still holding the ladder. <laughs> I come back out. And because the ladder just barely hit the top of the steps and it was 10 feet down, the, the, there wasn't much to hold on to the ladder because it didn't stick up very high. So I reached around to grab the ladder, swung my left foot over, and the ladder and me went like this. So I flipped. Well, I, I know I'm going to land. Yes, So eventually. Yeah. Well, I know I'm going to land on my back, right? right? So I immediately tucked my head as tight as I could, folded my arms up here, and landed on my back. And you're 85 years old at the time. Yeah. 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 This was a year, less than a year yeah, ago. Yeah, right. Okay. And uh, long story short, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't... The, the width of the head, yeah, I yeah. couldn't resist it enough that it did hit my head. Right. Enough that uh, the ladder came down and, and hit under here. They stitched this up when I got to the hospital. But um, uh, the blood that came from here, yeah. they thought, was the back of my head because it came here. Okay. And, and I was... Uh, I couldn't see. Yeah. I was actually blinded because the whatever the blood... Yeah. does i guess uh, i saw pure black just pure black and so i said to the guys when they wanted me to are you okay and i yeah. said no i'm not I, I said i'm gonna vomit and if you sit, if you touch me just leave me alone and and then about a minute later i said okay help me to sit up yeah i was blind they they called and had the uh paramedics show up. paramedics came yeah Trauma-wise, they took me to the trauma center. While we're on the way to the trauma center, I heard the guy saying his pulse is going away. Okay. Oh, no. And, and uh, it was really low. Yeah. So low, that might have been part of why I couldn't see. Yeah. Yeah, right. So I'm saying to the guy, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> right. And he said, you heard me. And I said, yes, good. Uh, and I said, but my vision is still gone. He yeah. said, just 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 lay still and i said um oh the vision's coming back i said i'm seeing little stars yeah. little white stars yeah so on the way to the hospital the all the vision came back yeah so we get to the hospital and i say okay i'm ready to go home i'm good <laughs> yeah and they said no you're not they had me all tied up so they took me in the hospital they sewed this up yeah and and checked me over 
and released me. And All because at 85 years old, rather than have somebody else jump on a ladder last minute, you're like, no, nah, I got this. <laughs> well, that's me. Yeah, so, yeah we yeah. know. Yeah. To so, save some lights. But my my point <laughs> being is uh, people say, how come you work seven days a week? Well, what else am I going to do? <laughs> if If I've got the time, yeah, I'd love to play. I'd love to do all kinds of things, but it takes money to do all of the things that I like to do, and I don't have that kind of money anymore. I spent it all in racing, trying to win races and beat the Penske's and the Patrick's and Mario and all those people, Mm -hmm. and I'm very proud of the fact of what we did. I have a very important question. Yeah. You jumped on a ladder at 85 years old to save a light from burning out. How expensive are those lights? (laughs) Probably about uh, 150. Oh, pe- come on, Dick. A piece. <laughs> Somehow I knew that was yeah, the answer. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wouldn't have hurt your boat sale at all. It'd be 100 bucks. Well, there were three lights, so it's... Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, right. right okay, yeah. sorry. What's an ambulance Four, ride cost? <laughs> 450. How's that? Yeah. How much did you spend on the ambulance? Yeah. Uh, Businessman. I, I don't remember. Businessman. <laughs> a, a, a lot of what I've been fortunate to move into different when i when i first flew an airplane i i flew the airplane without ever having flown it before we're at the parachute center in sandy our clay who was our pilot didn't show up that day Mm -hmm. so i said to our guys all right guys i'll take you up (laughs) they all looked at me like You've never right. flown. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. how you would look at someone. Yeah. Like if I said that to Sean tomorrow. Yeah. He's going to look at me like that. Yeah. But <laughs> keep in mind, I was instructing people how to parachute. I would sit next to the pilot and then help each one of them get out on the steps. You do understand what you just said. <laughs> you basically said like, oh, I've seen it on TV. Yeah. But that's okay. <laughs> well, I'd be sitting there when he's taking off and Right. It, you yeah. Know. Mm-hmm. You just do one of these things and you're fine. Yeah, the there's, only thing there's I, these thingies. The yeah. only thing I had never done was see him land. <laughs> so I figured, well, it'd probably be the same thing. Right, yeah, yeah. It's so if I could if I could take the plane and taxi up and down the runway a couple of times and maybe lift it off and set it down everybody'd have confidence enough to go up with me. So that's exactly what I did. It was a private airport. Mm-hmm. So I got out on the end of the runway and I take off about two feet, set it right back down. No co-pilot, no anybody does no. take it if something Who's goes wrong. No. this? And, and, and be like, yeah, go for it. And, and well, you know, you've got your rudders, mm-hmm. uh, your pedals. And so I would play with the pedals t- till I got the feel of how, how much it would do. And then while on I'm the taxi- ground, yeah, at like yeah. forty then, miles an well, hour, yeah, because in someone else's plane, yeah. And so while it was a jump, jump center's plane, Steve's and mine and Curry's and it's, it's a write-off, right? Yeah, don't worry about it. It's a write-off. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so <laughs> how we did it back then? Kids. The only problem was we didn't have me insured. The pilot would imagine insured. that. Yeah, right. <laughs> but because you weren't a pilot, right? No, no. no. Yeah, right. Okay, proceed. So, so. <laughs> So basically what happened is is when I got the feel uh-huh. and lifted back lifted up, you know, and then I reached down and I saw him do this and I'd pull the flap a little bit and 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 I'd see how the plane would kind of rise. So okay, no problem, let's go. So I put everybody in it and that was my first time flying the plane. 
that same airplane, I flew down to Riverside. This was, oh, maybe a year later. Mm -hmm. I wanted to, we wanted to get a twin airplane. So they had one for sale at, at, at the, uh, just past Riverside Airport there. Mm -hmm. There's a military base. Okay. They had a, an airplane for sale that was a twin down there. So I had never flown a twin. So I had the guy that flew me, to, uh, drove me down, I'm sorry, uh, in the Cadillac. He dro drove us down there. Mm -hmm. And then he was going to drive back, and I'll bring the plane back. That you've never flown before. No, I'd never flown a twin. Right, right. By, by this time. So what plane are you going to fly back? I flew the twin back. Right. Yeah. Yeah, which you've never done that before. No. Okay, but you got it. But but the same thing. And so on the way, I did my own teaching. Just working with the... <laughs> I, I worked with doing 360s right. in the air on the way back uh, this way, maintaining altitude, mm -hmm. cutting one engine, cutting it back. Mm -hmm. I did all of the things I thought would be necessary. I got to Salt Lake, landed it at the airport, and I said to Steve, Steve, I feel so comfortable with this plane. I'm going to go take my test right now. And he said, well, you can't. You've got to have 10-hour sign-off yeah. of an instructor. And yeah, I said, yeah. well, I'll For get, safety. I'll get, I'll get Jim Breeze. <laughs> he, he's one of our jumpers. Yeah. I'll get him sign me off. He's he'll, a just, he'll just write my name down. He's a pilot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he, 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 he signed me off for 10 hours. Yeah. And I flew to Ogden, Utah, and took my twin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you lied. Yeah, I lied. <laughs> so you're... Your very first flight ever mm -hmm. was solo with completely innocent passengers on board. Mm -hmm. They had parachutes. Yes. Fair point. <laughs> Doesn't help you when you crash land. I said that sarcastically. Yeah. <laughs> no, you've got to realize they did not worry about landing. They were jumping out. Yeah. Yeah. They saw me lift off twice. He's good. He can get it up. Yeah. I can get you it up way once too in a while, even at my age now. Attaboy! There, there he is. He did it. He did it. Um, <laughs> what are you talking about, Dick? Simon? <laughs> so proud of himself. <laughs> What's the worst injuries you've ever had from uh, skydiving? I broke my back in three places. That'd probably be it, yeah. Um, what happened? Well, we were... Because we had won the nationals in sport parachuting, Utah nationals. Because mm -hmm. you were a competitive skydiver. Yes. Right. And okay. this is like 1965? Yeah. I want to uh, you know, uh, explain that when it's called Utah nationals, they would have maybe two or three nationals across the country. Mm -hmm. And they were named like the Arizona nationals. Sure. We, we would come to Arizona and we would dive mm -hmm. in the Arizona nationals and the okay. uh, Utah nationals. But these were big events. Yes, yeah. big events, okay. Colorado yeah. nationals. Mm -hmm. So it was the Utah nationals. And uh, we had won the championship. So the, the newspaper had it all over it. Yeah. So the promoter at the Salt Lake, fairgrounds um uh basically said to to us um would you do a demonstration jump for the crowd yeah so we did and and it worked out just absolutely great standing ovation the whole smear so then he the fair asked us to sign up and pay us uh -huh. quite a lot of money to jump every night at the fair wow 
And so the three of us put on a show yeah. where we would have smoke bombs tied to our feet. Of course. And yeah. we'd spread out and then come back at each other <clears throat> like we're going to collide. Yeah, yeah. And then just miss and then circle back around and, and then open up and then land in front of the grandstands. Yeah. And uh, it, in this case for the fair, they wanted us to land just this side of the grandstands. So the grandstands are probably 60, 70 feet high. Oh, wow. Maybe yeah. 80 feet high. Yeah. Um, they wanted us to land on the backside in a flower big garden that they had yeah. out there. So they had a big circle. So the crowd was all lined up around that big circle. And this particular day, the wind was like 50 knots. And... Curry said, nope, I'm not jumping. It's too much wind. And Steve said, well, I'll jump, provided you um, you drop below me mm-hmm. so that I can see what happens to you on the landing. <laughs> it's usually not a sign of confidence in conditions. You, you go first. Yeah. So basically, the wind was blowing so bad that we dropped a, uh, it's, it, it's a, like a, a streamer, mm-hmm. and the streamer, is relative to us in a parachute to how much distance. So the streamer was almost a half a mile up the road. Yeah. So we jumped out of the airplane way up there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we're coming back and coming back and coming back. Now Steve is about five, 600 feet above me. So because he opened first and then right. I opened. Right. So he's watching. And as I'm coming across, oh man, I'm going to, right go right into the crowd oh wow There's no way i could avoid it yeah wind was too much the parachute would only go forward speed if no wind mm-hmm. at about 18 mile an hour so in a 50 knot wind there's no yeah yeah so you're in trouble you're in trouble yeah so i decided at this point to go across and cross over the grandstand uh-huh so as i'm coming across the grandstand i'm hitting the roof with my feet oh. one <laughs> two three and the parachute went down first uh-huh have you ever have you ever seen a parachute i mean a piece of paper on a fence yeah right yeah a piece of paper will go mm-hmm. like that yeah and it'll tuck in well the parachute beat me to the ground oh, no. oh yeah and i broke both heels uh-huh. and my back in three places Oof. so you asked the worst yeah 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 how was the hospital time after that well actually they almost killed me in the hospital. Um, when I went to the hospital, I was fine, in my opinion. <laughs> okay. Based on how many years of medical science? Yeah, well, based on my physical condition. Oh, okay. what, what I didn't realize is my body was in shock. Yeah. And so... It's <laughs> usually why you go to a medical professional. I walked in uh-huh. to the hospital and yeah. I said, I I think I hurt my, my tooth. I, I didn't... Break the bone, but fractured both of them, so they were still intact. Just hurt. And your so, back is broken in three places at this time? Yeah. And you walked into the hospital? Yes. So you just crashed in front of all these people. The parachute hit the ground before you did, and then you're like, all right, I'll go to the hospital. I'll take myself. No. No, they took me, but okay. not in a not in a stretcher or anything. No I, one's like, stay I, down. we got to make sure you're okay. Yeah, and I like, got up. Let's go. And, and I got up, and I got in the car and went to the hospital. I'm feeling he said he's getting up. <laughs> like, stay down. You're like, I got this. Yeah, I'm all right. So 
No, I knew I wasn't all right, but <laughs> but I knew I was hurt, but I didn't think I was broke. broke. Right. But it, it had actually broke three places, but nothing had exploded or anything. <laughs> so the impact, <laughs> the impact had, you know, cracked. Sure. Three, yeah. three, three vertebrae had cracked. Yeah. So at that point, they, they stuck me in the, uh, in a bed with traction because they took uh, pictures of it mm -hmm. and they discovered that the, uh, that it was broke. Yes. And so the doctor comes in and he says, you're not leaving the hospital. And I said, what? And he said, no. He says, you've got three fractures in your back. And he said, you've, we're going to have to, uh, uh, what did they call it when they make it solid? They're going to have to fuse it? Fuse oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. He yeah. said, you're going to have to stay for a while because we're going to fuse the back. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, I, nobody's going to fuse my back. <laughs> Because you know better. He said, well, we'll see. We'll talk about it. He said, Monday. This was on a Friday. Yeah. Or Saturday, whatever it was. Sure. Um, so what, what basically happened is my internals all stopped working. Okay. And I developed gas inside. Uh-huh. And I kept hollering at the nurse saying, I'm going to explode. I'm going to explode. <laughs> and they... They wouldn't listen to me. and Did they know what you meant? Or were you just screaming, I'm going to explode? I, well, at that time, I can't remember exactly. <laughs> All I remember is that I was crying for help. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so finally. But if after a guy's taking a hit and he's yelling, I'm going to explode, <laughs> they might just shrug that off. Right. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> I was trying to tell her that I'm internally feeling I'm, I'm just building up inside. Yeah. Right. I need help. I need help. But that's help. not what you're actually saying. And, and the nurse said to me that. The doctor will be back on Monday morning, <laughs> 7 o'clock. He'll be here. Just be quiet. Yeah, write it out. Well, then I, it got so bad that I took her pencil and tried to stab myself. <laughs> and when I did that, they tied my hands down. Of course they did. I was already with my feet in traction, yeah, with yeah. a strap here and a strap here, holding me here with my feet in traction. Now my hands are tied down. <laughs> what was the plan? Sunday night at 3 o'clock. No, stop. Yeah, no, on, no, 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 no. You can't just say I tried to stab myself with a pen yeah. and then move on like that's not a thing. Like, what was the plan once you... you like, you're going to let the gas out? Like an, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so here's what happened. Uh, it got worse, and I went into what they called a coma. Yeah, okay. I was never out cold, cold. Uh-huh. But they called it a coma, and I could hear everything. Yeah. So maybe I was out cold. All I know to this day, sitting right here right now, I can visualize myself cussing everybody out, and here comes the priest, and he's got all my family. Oh, oh, that bad. Last rites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last rites. I'm telling everybody I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing when I was in the ambulance over here this last year. I said, <laughs> you know, the hearing's, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, the hearing's coming back. Right. I mean, the eyes are coming back. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so basically at that point, the doctor uh, doesn't get there until seven in the morning. They had just finished giving me the rights when he walked in uh -huh. and, and and left maybe an hour or so, and they're just out in the hall waiting for mm -hmm. me to die. Mm -hmm. He comes in, he took one look at me, 
and all I know is they hooked up all these tubes down my throat and in my yeah, yeah, yeah. privates mm -hmm. and in your rear end and <laughs> I just burst out laughing when they plugged <laughs> when they plugged the one in my rear end the bag that they had yeah. the hose come out of the bag and was squirting <laughs> And you're laughing? <laughs> now, I'm supposedly dying, but I'm laughing. That'll teach you. Yeah. And <laughs> this me, is going everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I can see it to this. You're, like you're, I'm laying right here right now. Painting, painting the, the room. Painting yeah. the walls. It, yeah, and so basically I recovered almost unbelievably by two days later. Yeah. Uh, the doctor said um, Thursday uh, we're going to fuse you back uh -huh. well that night at 2.30 in the morning I walked out of the hospital how, huh? how'd you get out of the hospital how'd I get out of the hospital yeah. I, I had to because they had a temporary cast on me yeah. that was too big for my pants so I had to cut the pants and I put my pants on so you broke out of the hospital yes uh huh Got it. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> yeah, I did. And and uh, Dr. DeMars at the University of Utah at the time, he, he basically called me and said, how did you get out? You know, and mm -hmm. he said, you're crazy. He, he said the pain had to be unbelievable. And I said, not really. I said, it d depends on what your goal is and and he said dick he says you really should fuse that back and i said nope not gonna so he said well then at least come in and let me put a full cast on mm -hmm. so he put the full cast on that lasted for about five days and i started smelling my own sweat uh i couldn't stand it uh -huh. so i got one of those things that we use in racing and stuff a little cutoff wheel okay mm -hmm. like a little dremel tool and i measured the size of the casting or the plaster sure and i put a piece of tape on it uh -huh. to, so that i know how deep to go right and and, yeah. I, and I cut the cast Smart. up from here Smart. down to the hip on both sides and busted it loose and then i went and soaked in the tub um for the next two or three days with a broken uh, back uh pardon with a broken back yeah, yeah. Okay. but and it, it would feel so good when I would I put my feet in the drain mm -hmm. and put a, a washcloth there and then run it till the hot water heater was no more hot water. Yeah, and and so that would make the tub last for about twenty minutes. Mm -hmm. And I did that. Uh, I never went back to the doctors. Why would you? Uh, no, yeah, they might and, tell you that you were wrong. And yeah. I, I I did that, and I would put the ca I went back to work within a week. <laughs> I, I put the cast back on for about two weeks yeah. at work I, wait uh, just so people would see it no i okay. put the cast on because if i fell or something uh, okay. i was scared okay. silly no. yeah safety no. first safety right. first right. So yeah, I, yeah. I wrapped it with race tape of course you did you know yep. and yep. and and it worked i was able to work that way yeah and then go home take the cast off yeah and, and so i took care of myself that way and i knew i wasn't getting hurt yeah it was just pain just pain just pain so with that confidence, yeah, someday I'm going to die. But I have a hunch 
it's not going to be from an accident. <laughs> it's going to be 20 years from now from just being too old. <laughs> because everybody told me when I was 12, I wouldn't make 15. Yeah. And when I yeah. was 15, I won't make 20. Well, I have a feeling every time you're, it's close, you're going to be like, it's not yet, not yet. I decide. <laughs> yeah. I decide. It's up to me. I'm Dick Simon. Yeah. yeah. No, guys, I, I have to admit, I have pushed the envelope many ways many ways yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, uh i would do it again actually yeah i believe yeah. you would yeah you were uh telling us earlier uh about your own airplane story of taking off against a fence but it wasn't oh. a fence it was just a cliff oh i saw on your skit you did with bobby unser yeah i saw they he backed the plane against a tent Against a fence because yeah. he had to jump a burning wreckage. Yeah, it was to, a to like a like a tent or a fence. Yeah, it was, uh, a, it was a fence. I remember it looking checkerboard like a fence. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Back the plane right up against that. Well, yeah. one of the things that I loved to do was scuba dive, and so being a pilot and owning a, a an airplane or two, when we owned a five eighty Aero Commander, that's a twin engine plane. Um, a six passenger, uh, very well known for carrying a heavy load. So the reason I had partially bought that airplane was for being able to load it up with dive gear, all kinds of tanks, because when you go to Mexico, you know, there wasn't a lot of places to fill the air. And we didn't want to land uh, on dirt strips or uh, roads or someplace else and then walk to the water and and get that nice lobster and come back home with tons of lobster and abalone and you know so basically this one particular time we had spotted this uh short runway and a town right there this is you're flying around you're like we can go there yeah so <laughs> we we thought you know we'll dive there yeah have okay. lunch there yeah and then head back it was we'd never been there. Okay. Yeah. So and had no research or where where no. was it? Yeah. Well, it's just I, that town. Yeah. But right on the water. And it's so all you need. It's so all you need. we're coming on in to land and I look at it and I say, "Wow, that's a little shorter <laughs> than I thought, but we'll be all right." <laughs> but I knew sure. what? Sure. I knew that there was a cliff on the other end. So I knew oh. we, I knew we had <laughs> The cliff goes straight up. Yeah, yeah. the best kind. I I knew we had to be slow enough, so I knew that that plane with the load we have would probably stop flying at about 65 to 70. It would drop. Yes. So I brought it in at 70 miles an hour Mm -hmm. and touched down right on the end, and we managed to stop with no trouble at all. Before you went over a cliff. yeah, Yeah, before we hit the cliff that comes up. Oh, just a, a, a solid rock a wall. A solid rock, a solid oh. rock wall. Yeah. Oh, well, you would have stopped then. Yeah. We'd have stopped, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. But we wouldn't have taken off. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or lived. So, well, so we taxi back. By this time, the town is out there because it's a pretty big airplane for that little strip. Oh, yeah. so you attract a lot of local but, folk. But keep in mind, Alta, Utah was only an 1,800-foot strip. Oh, right. A small little strip, and I was used to landing and taking off on that small strip with this sure. very airplane. Okay. okay. So to me, it wasn't really as what everybody else thought. So, But you've attracted this entire village of people. Yeah, probably 100 people. Sure, oh, yeah. And 
because they just had this one little restaurant right there next to the airport. Mm-hmm. We had lunch there. They treated us to sushi and all that kind of stuff. Mexican that, sushi. Right oh, on. it was yeah. great. Yeah. And then they all gathered to see us take off. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, I, don't, I don't know if it was taking off. They were looking to watch. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so we taxi on down and I swing the plane around and I lock up both both wheels. There's a table somewhere, and, and families are throwing yeah, down money. A, yeah, 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 there's, there's a, no way he's making this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, rev the engines up till the wheels are sliding. Mm-hmm. Okay. Release them, and then as we get to the end of the runway, the runway was built with about a two foot incline at the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe the last twenty feet was de- devoted to an incline. Yeah. So it's like a little ramp. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And I saw that coming in because. I was looking at the end of the runway, and all of a sudden the runway was lower than I thought. Uh-huh. So I had to adjust for that. Weird. Yeah. So I knew yeah. going out, we Almost had a like little you. bit of a ramp. Okay. So I thought the same time I hit the ramp, I'm going to hit the flap. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I did. I hit the flap. The plane went up about 50 feet, and then it leveled off and started falling. Oh, no. <laughs> I, and what are d- we looking at here? During that coming up, I retracted the landing gear. Yep, yep. And... The plane's coming back down, down, down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And... yeah. Money's being... Oh, oh. we made it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to yeah. the, the locals on the runway like... Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Another one made it. <laughs> but, you know, I look back at all of the things that I've had the pleasure of doing in my life, and I just can't... I can't thank the Lord enough because yeah. I should have been dead a hundred times. Yeah. Agreed. Um, turn nine. Riverside. It was before turn nine. Okay. <laughs> it was on the straightaway coming around turn eight. Okay. Um, the lap before, the lap before, I was running in fifth place. Okay. Rick Beers was in front of me in fourth. Uh-huh. Mario was in front of him in third. And uh, AJ Watson's car, I was driving, and I called in to AJ. And I said, AJ, I'm so sorry. The tires are gone. I got to come in. Yeah. He said, stay out. You're in uh, fifth place. You're going to pass Rick next lap. You're going to pass Mario the next lap. You're going to finish second or third. Stay out. Stay out. Yeah. One more lap later and almost the same spot I was talking to him from. Yeah, yeah. The left rear tire exploded. <laughs> and as the left rear tire exploded, it sent the car swerved to the right. I saw this huge embankment. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I'm going to go right into the crowd. Yeah. There was motorhomes and people. And instead of that, I threw the car totally sideways. And because it was going up on an angle, and I went like that. Yeah. I knew I couldn't go back down. So I actually turned into it to get the back end to dig in it dug in and caught at the top and changed direction to go down that way yeah when it caught and so i flipped 12 times (laughs) and during that flip i saw a lady running (laughs) (laughs) so it's like whoa lady running where's she going (laughs) i saw her well if you if you watch it, it's on, uh, it's on YouTube, Google yeah. and yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can count the flips, 12 flips. Yeah. Hit okay. the ground seven or six times. Yeah. And I saw every one of them. 
and I saw the, the lady that fell. I saw a lady get hit with some, I didn't know what it was at the time, wiped the chair right out from under her. Wow. She was nursing a baby. Jeez. And she was in the motorhome. Yeah. And, and, and then I landed, okay? And my vision was gone because that last impact, all the blood, and if you look on that film, you'll see the car was 60-some feet in the air and came straight down. Yeah. It shot all the blood from my head and everything into there. Now, unlike falling over here where I saw black, mm -hmm. on that one I <laughs> A saw... A year ago. Yeah. 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 On that one I saw all white. Oh, oh this okay. one's different. It, it, yeah. It was kind of interesting over here, but I told that guy on the ambulance, I said... <laughs> I said, the, the last time this happened, uh, something like this, I said, I saw all black. Uh, uh, I'm like all white. Crazy old man. And I said, how come I saw all black? And, and he said, because you hit your head. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, what happened is all the blood went to my feet. Yeah. So I didn't know that. Okay. I didn't know that. So my vision came back while I was walking out on the track. You'll see me stop. The reason I stopped is I heard Johnny... Rutherford coming, mm -hmm. yellow car. I heard him coming. I said, whoops, that's not the direction I need to go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I turned the other way. So you're walking on a hot track like, blind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Completely so blind. I, I turned, like, I'll just go where turned I'm going. the other way. <laughs> and the crowd started grabbing me. I could still couldn't see. Yeah. And they said, are you okay? I said, just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. <laughs> so then the vision came back. Okay. Yeah. And then I started walking again because I wanted to see the car and see how bad it was. And then they wouldn't let me. They pulled right, me away. Right. But when the ambulance got there, the ambulance guy just checked me over quickly, and he said, are you sure you're okay, Dick? He says, nothing left of the car. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I'm fine. I don't, I don't have any problem. Uh, and he said, well, um, I said, I saw something, though. I saw two people, uh, one fall and something hit somebody else. You you saw that? Yeah. Well, she broke her wrist. She's at the infield hospital. You'll see her in a few minutes. Yeah, you'll be hanging out with her. Yeah. <laughs> so when I got there, they were casting up her wrist. Yeah. And I had to sign it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're going to want to hold on to that one, ma'am. It's a Dick Simon original. <laughs> and, uh, but this is true as hell. <laughs> it's way too crazy to not be. <laughs> so... So in any case, what it boiled down to is uh, it's amazing what you can see and do in those split seconds mm -hmm. because every time the car hit, I braced for it. Yeah. So if I knew I was going to hit on the nose, I pulled on that steering wheel as hard as I could and put my head as forward as I could so that I didn't get whiplash. Yeah. Now, when I was going to land on the back, I pushed as hard as I could. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And... So that's survival. What did uh, A.J. Watson have to say for himself? Well, he was very disappointed in himself. Yeah. 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 He started listening to me at Indy when I told him this one year. Uh, I went out and I ran the fastest we'd ran that lap. Mm -hmm. And I came in and he said, what'd you come in for? He said, we're going to qualify uh, with this setup. You should have ran one more lap. Mm -hmm. I said, engine there's something wrong with the engine aj there's something wrong with the engine no there isn't and so he takes it back to the garage mad at me mm -hmm. calls me up says get up back out here we've still got 30 minutes and then it then we're gonna have to stop yeah. for qualifying 
I said, well, okay, I'll take it out. Didn't even make a lap. Right. Exploded the engine. Yeah. After that happened and after the Riverside deal, you know, he said, whatever you say. <laughs> maybe, this, maybe this guy knows a thing. <laughs> fair enough. Maybe yeah. That, fair enough. So my favorite story about you is that you were questioned by the FBI because you could be, and we still aren't really sure, but you might be D.B. Cooper. <laughs> no comment? <laughs> well, you know, I drove for Rolla of Olstead a couple of times. Yeah. And one time he pulled a dirty trick on me. And because he's so familiar with all the sports writers in Portland, the next morning of the race, it came out headlines in the sports section. Is Dick Simon really D.B. Cooper racing today? And uh, <laughs> I wanted to kill him. <laughs> and there's been a, a few other times when people have, you know, when I gave Dan Gurney 200000 stop and think, what did I take from, the, I mean, what did he take from the airplane? Yeah. 200,000. Yeah. Okay. So basically, <laughs> when I keep slipping up and say, what did I take? That doesn't help either. No, yeah, right. right. You really got to get that together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I tell the story as though I'm living it. So, so basically, uh, the D.B. Cooper had the same experience that I had and probably more uh, as a pilot. Yeah. As a skier, as a diver, scuba diver. Yeah. All of the things that I was known for, he could do. Mm -hmm. Lived in, I lived in Seattle, in Utah, and I was basically used to all of that territory. Yeah. Had relatives in, in Oregon, in Portland, um, as well as Seattle. <laughs> and of course, the plane, you know, uh, had that problem, right, between Portland and Seattle. Yeah. So they traced me down in Salt Lake City. Who's um, they? The FBI? Yes, the yeah. FBI. I did. An experienced skydiver who would have known this terrain. Well, there was five people, at least this is the story I was given. Right. There was five people with the same background. Mm -hmm. And I was one of the five. So when they came to our house, my wife and I just had a little, small little house, two bedroom. And it had... Uh, kind of a not a strong front door right <laughs> but as you found well, out yeah but say why, why are you conditioning the front door here in the story yeah well because when i opened it i never got it more than an inch and the door came right off the hinges when they came in <laughs> right practically you yeah, know i mean right. it was just like bam and and it knocked me back and they finished pushing me onto the couch yeah yeah so what would you think some guys come in with guns Right, they had guns drawn. Yes. Yeah. And what Gosh. would you think? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. And of course, my wife starts crying and screaming, and uh, well, yeah, there's armed FBI yeah, just yeah, stormed yeah. the house. Yeah. Well, the door just upsetting. got destroyed. Yeah. You know, and then and then they they basically asked a few questions, and <laughs> and my wife, my wife said because I couldn't remember where I was. They wanted to know exactly On where the, I was. The date of the DB Cooper jump. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted to know exactly where I was, and I said, oh, "I don't, I, I have no idea." Yeah. Well, then you're you're going with us, and my wife says, "But wait a minute, you were in White Plains, New York, at uh, 
you were trying to get a sponsorship. And I said, oh, I was at General Foods. I remembered. Yeah. I was at General Foods with the president of the company. And the guy says, do you have any proof of that? And I said, well, you can call him. Yeah. And I said, let me get the number. No. Mrs. Simon, you get the number for him. So she gets the number. Yeah. And she also got the ticket, the receipt for me. The plane ticket. Plane ticket. Yeah. Brought that out while they were on the phone. The guy hangs up the phone, looks at the ticket, never said one word. They turned around, the three of them, mm -hmm. turned around and walked out. Not a word. No, like, sorry, we destroyed your door, pointed guns at you. Nothing. Nothing. Not goodbye. Just gone. Yeah. And I thought... What was this all about? I still didn't know about D.B. Cooper. Right, right. <laughs> so, in other words, uh, unless I was D.B. Cooper, <laughs> 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 you know, but uh, there's no way I could be D.B. Cooper because they proved I was in White Plains, New York. Right. So, they obviously never came back they mm -hmm. never asked me another question and after all these years with so many people have been announced me as db cooper yeah. if they really thought i was i wouldn't be here today telling you about it right right but would go ahead yeah um it especially at the time which was quite different from now in terms of how records are kept it wouldn't be hard to generate a contact out of new york to say you were over there Mm, not hard, but... Uh, and you are Dick Simon. You're very capable of a lot of things. Yeah, if you consider the fact he got half the 200. Mm -hmm. That's what you'd have to assume. Yeah. That the other guy got something for it to lie. Now, would the president of General Foods lie for 100000 No. Well, how do they know they were talking to the real president of General Foods? Well, because I had talked to him. That's how my appointment was. Right, but if you give, if your wife gave them the number. Yeah, it could be a prearranged. Well, because when they call that number, it's the general number for General Foods, and then they have to ask for him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you got a guy that's like in the shipping department. You get his extension. You pay him a thousand bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, if you're the secretary, General Foods, can I help you? Yes. Like talk to the president of that company, please, Mr. So-and-so. Right. Or, yeah, but if a secretary, then his the shipping guy are all on the, the sec take. secretary. Yeah, yeah the way. secretary answers. Yeah, yes, he was here. Yeah, sure, I he can was. verify that. Yeah. You want to talk to the president? You'll have to call back. Oh, so, so they never uh, talked to the president. So they could talk to a secretary who would probably accept a modest sum. And I guess I had somebody. Uh, I must have had somebody that uh, used my airplane ticket to go back there. Which yeah. is, is by the, what you're you saying? Buy the airplane ticket. And uh, like I said, digital, like it, it's very different record keeping from it would be today. It'd be a lot harder yeah. to buy a ticket but not actually go on a plane. Yeah. I see where you're coming from. I'm just asking <laughs> questions. I'm just asking questions. Well, you just have to ask. Yeah. 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 No. Well, I kind of get a kick out of it because I know I'm not D.P. Cooper. So then, I, therefore, I kind of laugh about it. No. If you were, would you tell us? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking about your legacy. Yeah. Um, Didn't you crash a plane? Yeah, through a barn. Through a barn, right. Yeah, in Salt Lake City, um, at that airport, Sandy, Utah, uh, 
uh, Alta is what it was called, Alta uh, Airport. Um, that's where the uh, club, our parachute club, uh -huh. and there was a club there that I belonged to that I had joined because they had a couple different airplanes and I could fly them whenever I wanted to. Yeah. So this one particular night, Spanish Fork had a special guy that was a welder uh, for aluminum mm -hmm. that, you know, just was magnificent the way. And so Mark, Bill Janik, Steve's brother at the time that I was partners with, yeah. he died of open heart surgery later, but, but um, okay. he connected me with the guy to build a special fuel tank for our race car. Mm -hmm. We wanted a gallon on the bottom of the tank uh -huh. for qualifying. So they checked the fuel to make sure you're not cheating. Yeah. So they would dipstick uh -huh. into the fuel tank uh -huh. and, and suck the fuel out. Nope, you're good. Yeah. Okay. But we had a little valve that I could turn mm -hmm. that would draw off that one gallon for qualifying. Uh, and So you're cheating. And, yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, but basically, um, I went down to get that tank because it was it was built. Yeah. And <clears throat> when I'm coming in to land in Provo, Utah, at that airport, mm -hmm. Spanish Fork, it's called. There are twelve thousand volt lines that run between the across the incoming runway. Power lines. Power lines. Yeah. To Provo. The main power to Provo. Yeah. Okay. The main power, very high and the main power. I'm about 500 feet coming in to make a landing at Spanish Fork. Okay. The engine quit. Uh, just all on its own. All on its own, just quit. Yeah. There's no way I'll make it. Yeah. So I know that. I can see that. <laughs> I'm not going to make it. So I'm trying to figure out what field I'm going to land in. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the plane jerked, and there's this huge flash. Yeah. The landing gear had hit the wires. Yeah. And and ignited the wires and attached itself. To this day, I don't know how, but attached itself to the plane, and the plane started turning. I'm doing the controls, and I'm thinking, what in the world is going on here? But... What else can I do except follow the circle and keep, because, you know, you can't turn left. It's not going to turn left. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so just I, keep turning by turning right. I just start turning, and all of a sudden, I'm coming down. I see a cow, and I go over the cow. <laughs> and, 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 and then I'm coming along, and I see this big block, like, looking at you. Yeah. And I go, oh, shit, that's a barn. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I pull back on it. The plane was through flying. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't go. It didn't respond. It just right. went straight through the barn. <laughs> Again, the good Lord was looking after me. Sure. <laughs> but I, the scaredest I got was not seeing that barn, was not going through the barn. It was when the farmer came out to see if the pilot was dead. Yeah. Because what had happened, I went through the barn, the wings came off, mm -hmm. the fuselage I've seen broke, cartoons. Broken half. The, where the motor was mounted, it kinked. Mm -hmm. And the uh, the rear, uh, the seat next to me, if the seat belt isn't attached, the seat's free. Uh -huh. It took the windshield out. 
Ah. So with the windshield out, all I did is scoot down the front of the nose and land on my feet. <laughs> I had a business suit on. <laughs> Because, ta-da! Where yeah. was I going? I was going to Spanish Fork Airport, right from the insurance company. Yeah. So I was still busy as an insurance executive, going down in full dark. Always be closing. With yep. no moon, no stars, mm -hmm. just a very cloudy sky. I couldn't see those lines. Yeah. Right. And so basically, um, when I scooted down, I ran from the airplane because I smelt the fuel. Yeah. I thought it was going to explode. And I turned around and waiting for it to explode, and this hand hit me on the shoulder like that. Yeah, I must have jumped six feet in the air. It scared the living hell out of me. Yeah, because you know he said, "Is he dead?" <laughs> <laughs> so he thinks you're just some random guy that showed up in a suit from God knows where in the middle of a field. Yeah. Yeah. What well, was the farmer that right. come out to see if I was dead? Yeah. Right. But, he but he's asking some random guy in a suit. At no point he's like, why is there a guy in a do? suit what in the middle of my yeah. field? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, you know, he sees the plane crash. Nobody could live on that. Right. Yeah, yeah. sure. Right. I mean, his barn's flat. Right. And he said, <laughs> so just random businessman. Barn's flat. Well, he says, you're lucky in one side and unlucky in another. And mm -hmm. I said, well, how's that? You're lucky I took the hay out this morning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He said that hay was in there all the way to the top. Oh, yeah. He said, you'd big. be dead. You, you owe me one. Yeah. And in fact, you owe me a barn. <laughs> That's the bad part of it. Yeah. So he did get a new barn. The insurance okay. company bought him a new barn. Right. And the club bought, got a new airplane. Right. And from that point on, they wanted me to fly anything that had a problem. Oh. The club did. To write it off? No, so, <laughs> so they could get a new plane. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, that's what Sean said. Yeah. Did you ever end up picking up that fuel cell that originally you were trying to get? Well, I, I basically had uh, my wife come down and pick me up, and we went right straight over to the airport, picked it up. <laughs> so even after you crash a plane through a barn, you're like, got to get my illegal fuel cell. <laughs> well, it's on my mind. I'm going to tell you. Okay. At Michigan, when I broke my hand. Yeah. Okay. Okay, we had flown there in our own airplane. Mm -hmm. Okay. And my wife and I. Okay. And we had landed in a farmer's field, okay. which was just down from the track. Okay. So at the end of the farmer's field was these trees and power lines. And I'm noticing a theme. So I basically said to the wife, honey, you're going to have to pull the flaps in order for us to get over the lines. Or if you don't mind, I'll go under the lines <laughs> between the trees. And there's an, enough room to get between the trees under the wire. But you'll have to pull the flaps if you want me to go over the wires. So <laughs> Those are your options. Yeah. She says, Either way, she says, <laughs> we ain't going to make it. She, she says, uh, Why did I marry you? I don't want to do any of it. Yeah. She's I like, said, I'll well, take the train. Yeah. We, we have no choice. I said, I'll try to help you with my stub here. But anyway, uh, she popped it when I told her to pop it, and mm. we popped right up over the lines. You have and more. You have more stories about flying that are scary than I have about flying. Well, how about a seven forty seven going into O'Hara Airport? How about it? I don't know. Oh my gosh, that I got accused of <laughs> illegal flying. Now I have to admit, I I did all my flying without a instrument ticket. Uh huh. Okay, so and you I, can't fly blind. Well, basically, I was supposed to fly what they call uh, uh, IFR. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I called it I Fly 
regulations, you know, yeah. my regulations. So Dick Simon regulations. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if you paid so, attention to California in the last four months, yeah. <laughs> bad things happen. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, so I it was a nervous thing for me because I was flying, uh, and I would always call in for my uh, plans, you know, yeah. my flight plans. Yeah. And I'd call in and I'd uh, fly IFR instrument rated. I'd fly on instruments and uh but i wasn't instrument you're not certified to do this wasn't certified yeah, yeah, yeah. right uh but it, but you know i always had the confidence i'd say uh, hey tower you know or here tower it's a cessna 48485 trot uh approval to land on a runway such and such up please how about a straight in this time i don't see too much traffic sir <laughs> approved straight in or i mean i got real cocky i could tell you, you know and i found that if I, if I was they didn't question it Right. If I hesitated, it's like I tried to teach people at Indy when they wanted to sneak into the garage area. <laughs> you, you, you know, you don't hesitate when you walk up to that guard, morning, and just keep walking. The likelihood of him turning around and saying, come back here, is one out of ten. Yeah. Why, uh, why would you be teaching people to do that? Because we had so many people of sponsors uh-huh. that yeah. needed to get in and see their car, right, and right. I was only allowed so many passes. Right. So I'd have to make fifty passes last for two hundred people. Yeah, right. There's right. a little difference <laughs> between somebody just walking the grounds in uh, Gasoline Alley mm-hmm. than somebody flying a plane instrument rated. Well, but basically. <laughs> <laughs> Now you're so, busted, man. Yeah. I don't know how you're walking out of this. Yeah, well, basically, I, to- I told you on one of our other stories that uh-huh. I taught myself how to fly that twin yeah. on the way. Yeah. Sure. All right. Yeah. All right. So there, there was a hood there. So I'm flying from Riverside to Utah. I put the hood on and I'd take it off, put it on, take it off, put it on till I gained enough confidence to know that I could actually keep that plane on course, on right elevation, and make a 360 without losing altitude. How the hell are you alive? Yeah. And so so really, instrument flying yeah. is basically that. So if you can do it, <laughs> and, 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 and you can do all that, uh-huh. um, I didn't have time to go take the test. I probably knew enough to do it, uh-huh. But didn't take time to take right. the test. Okay, so, so you radio in with confidence. I'm going into Chicago. Okay, and, and what are you flying? Uh, flying a twin. Uh, but if it's a twin, it's sizable. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was sizable, and and I'm flying at the altitude I was supposed to be at, mm-hmm. and you could not see 200 yards. Yeah, the the weather was socked in lightning, shining and brightening and lighting up the sky, and all of a sudden. The lightning flashes, and this airplane is right in front of us. How close? Not 100 feet, maybe 200. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and no, it's no, no. coming crossways. Oh, uh, gosh. <laughs> I dumped the plane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, boom, like that. Yeah. yeah. Throttles back, poured her down, pulled back, thinking the tail was going to catch. Oh, that close. That close, yeah, right. Yeah, and it didn't catch, and I went... and so that shook my wife up the last flight she ever took with me yeah okay yes yeah it shook her up bad imagine that i saw the eyes of the pilot (laughs) he's looking out his window like big 
<laughs> yes. While he's looking out his window, big, I'm reacting, right? So you're on top of it. I'm. Yeah. I, I mean, right now, I could care less about the surprise. Yeah. I don't want another surprise. Sure. So, so, so you who are flying pretty much illegally at this point are pointing out to us that you were quick with the reaction time of the problem you caused. Right. Got it. Okay. Cool. But As I you were saying. But they thought I caused it. <laughs> and I told them, I have flown enough. <laughs> I have flown enough Listen to here, know. Listen here, Junior. I have flown enough to know I was at the right altitude, sir. So they did a full-blown investigation. Oh, so you got caught with this. Yes, because the pilot reported it. Yeah. Because yeah. he blamed you. And he blamed me. Yeah, right. 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 What kind of plane was he in? A commercial airliner. He was in a 747. 747. Holy shit. So it turned out. Was he it was, a passenger 747? Yes. He was, uh-huh. a, he was a thousand feet below where he belonged. Okay. Uh-huh. So they gave me a nice letter. Huh. They gave me a nice letter of apology and, and they suspended my license in a letter first. But they didn't suspend it. They said, subject to this investigation, mm-hmm. your license is being withheld. Okay. A- right. And uh, 60 days later or so, they sent me a nice letter and said, you, uh, all evidence proves yeah. that you were uh, not at fault. What, what airline was it? Do you remember? Nope. Okay. Uh, all I know is his eyes. I saw his <laughs> eyes. I can see his eyes to this day. But also, if he's in a 747, he can't react the way you can. Yeah, he like no. he could go any movement. Nothing's going to happen yeah, for a minute. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, my, <laughs> the plane dumped. Uh, I mean, I dumped it. <laughs> Both throttles and I put that damn nose straight down. And then right away back because I was afraid that, you know. Yeah, the, yeah, the, that the tail would have slapped into it. So it was a commercial, <laughs> commercial airport, so it would have been hundreds right, of right. people a lot stuck of people. in that. Yeah. A lot of people. Um, <laughs> there's a f- few more similar, but not quite like that. Well, what? the, the what? day is wait, yours. Wait, I, like, wait. <laughs> I would think after my first midair, <laughs> I'd be done. Remember yours? Yeah. 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 Uh, it was my last. Well, but you got, uh, so back to the planes. Uh, <laughs> if you... See, you, you mentioned you got many. If you were to go back and, and take the time to think it through, if you, how many mid-air collisions, near mid-air collisions, can you count off the top of your head? Three. <laughs> Ryan. Yeah, it's zero. It's oh, is it zero? zero? Yeah, okay. It's zero. What? You thought it would be zero? No. No, no, it's supposed to be zero. A normal person has zero near mid-air collisions in their life. Oh, well, you know what happens sometimes when you're – um, landing at airports that don't have uh, uh, a tower. Uh-huh. And we were landing in Mexico. Right. Uh, this one time. Yeah. And I'm coming in to land, and I didn't realize that there was a guy on the other end taking off straight, <laughs> straight at us. <laughs> so, uh-huh. yeah. So I flew over just over the top of him <laughs> and, and aborted the. Uh, well, I'm glad you aborted. Yeah. And you didn't no, like, I got the right away. Yeah. I got the right away. Yeah, well. <laughs> I'll take the right. I don't remember him being a bigger airplane or anything, but I just remember avoiding the situation. That was close. And it was the reason it was close is the weather wasn't good, and it was foggy, and you couldn't hardly see through the fog. Yeah, right. And, yeah, so it was a, a bad situation in the beginning, you, you know, 
that's when some of that stuff all happens. Sure. Is because yeah. of bad weather, because of this, because of that. That's that midair collision. If I if the lightning hadn't have lightened, mm-hmm. I might not have seen that airplane. Yeah. That was I'd have to say it must have been the good Lord because it just lit that plane up like it was right next door. <laughs> A seven forty seven. Because it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was your third one? Well, that was. <laughs> uh, I don't like the laughter. The guilty laughter. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh yeah, this one was bad. Yeah. Well, that's probably my fault. But uh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, well, we were at Alta Alta Airport, mm-hmm. and uh, I was horsing around. And <laughs> Say no more. So was uh, one of the other guys, and. Uh, uh, it, he figured he was going to screw me up. So he's, he took a shortcut coming down at the end of the runway. I was going to beat him, so we're taxiing down. He cuts across the grass and cuts in front of me. And I said, to hell with you, and I put the throttle down anyway. And I'll show you. Uh-huh. And, and he didn't get as much a start as I did. Oh, so all of a sudden I realized I'm going to hit him. So <laughs> I ran off the runway and throttled back and... Okay. Got, con- got control of the airplane and said that was enough of that <laughs> but i avoided it right yeah. nice save yeah. nice save yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it would have been more avoidable <laughs> not doing situation. it not doing it in the first place there not plain there you go not plain but the, those are those are part of the but i wanna <laughs> yeah right i like here comes the defense this yeah. is my favorite part yeah no, no defend it please go ahead keep going but this is part of well, this is part of what makes life go around and around. <laughs> or stop. Yeah. Um, not if you do it enough, you get used to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> That's why my wife quit flying with me. I mean, <laughs> she she basically had too many of those close calls. Yep, yep. There was another one with her and I when we flew from a race. Yeah. And I was flying IFR, and we were trying to find a clear spot yeah. to come down through because the weather was really socked in at Indianapolis. Yeah. And, uh, well, there was two, I can tell you. <laughs> Another one where a guy got killed right in front of us. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and, and this is some of the stuff that why my wife didn't want it. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And basically, the weather was so bad, I had her following the highway. Okay. And I had a map in front of her with the highway. Okay. So we were about Doing five six hundred sure. feet off the highway sure. mm-hmm. and it was you could only see down you couldn't see forward yeah so right. i knew that there were mountains here and stuff so we had to stay above the highway <laughs> and as long as i stayed above power lines i knew i was okay if i followed the highway yeah so i'm doing that and then all of a sudden we came to the part where we had to go up over the mountains so i went on up through the clouds and got on top okay, okay. And then I kept calling for a spot to come down through. Okay. And I had to call the airport, and they said, there is no spots for you to come through. Oh. And so my wife's mm. getting nervous because, yeah. and uh, they said, you'll have to land IFR. And uh, so they gave me who to talk to. And okay. I, I said, never confident. mind, I just found a hole. <laughs> and... <laughs> I got it. Ironically, I did see a crack in the sky, and I saw enough clearance from the cloud to the ground that I knew 
that I could get under it because I saw that clearance through that crack. So that told me instantly that there was probably a five, 600 foot ceiling. So I just, probably. I just needed to get below that. Yeah. So I came busting out of that and then everything was fine. We flew the rest of the way and got, got to the airport. Now tomorrow, what'll happen? I'll fall off a bathtub or something. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) And and if that ever happens, all you got to say is, well, he had a good life while he was here and the good Lord finally needed him. I feel like when your time comes, it's going to be something really dumb. Yeah. Like it's going to be that. It's going to be falling in a bathtub after surviving 17 (laughs) plane crashes. Gets into a fight with a sea lion out here. Yeah, Yeah. right, right. It's It's a rabid sea lion. It's a (laughs) rabid sea lion that gets him. Well, you know, I He's like, it's my time. (laughs) Yeah. Guys, I do have a lot of fear. I do. Yeah. I, if if I climb up on a building to this day, mm-hmm. I cannot walk over to the edge. Oh, really? No, I'm scared of falling. Yeah. I'm scared of falling. But you put me high enough with a parachute, <laughs> and I'm not scared. But to climb up on a roof and fix that roof gutter, mm-hmm. I'm scared silly. Yeah. Um, and it was my own fault that I didn't check to see somebody was holding the ladder. So that's stupidity. Uh, but I'm not hey, as scared. I mean, you save 400 bucks. At least. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, I'm not scared of getting on the ladder yeah. if somebody's holding it. Because I know I can hold on to the top if they can hold the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you and Diane been married? 39 years. If she were to sit here with us, uh-huh. how bigger have your stories gotten as time goes on? Well, if you talk to my wife, they're the same. She's so tired of hearing them all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you sat, you were willing to sit down with us a second time, um, this time to turn yourself into a crazy cartoon. This will be something that people who may not know your story will, will associate you with. What is the legacy you want to leave behind? I like to help people achieve. I like to be a, an achiever myself. And although I may not have won Indianapolis, in my heart, I did by winning in many different ways than the race itself, bringing so many rookies to the track, bringing helping with two women, uh, Janet Guthrie with Rolla when I was the primary driver and Rolla came to me and said, um, I think we have a chance to bring the first woman. That'll mean you'll have to help me with it. Would you do that? Yeah, because I saw a chance for maybe the first woman in history could be Janet. And I felt like I wanted to be a part of that. And the same thing with Lynn St. James. I thought, you know, I'd I'd really be proud to be a part of that. The same thing with when I sell a boat to someone. When they can park it by themselves in high winds, I feel like I've achieved something. So... I'd say if I want to leave some, Dick Simon was an achiever in many ways. I don't know. I just like to achieve whatever the goals are set forth. And it doesn't matter whether it's a minor one, dumping the garbage up here faster than the next guy. <laughs> oh, I can somehow see that. Yeah. yeah. Like throwing a bow on him. Yeah. <laughs> Get with it. Um, we'd like to make dumb t-shirts. Could we do one that said Dick Cooper or DB Simon on it? Or D.B. Dick Simon Cooper. Well, why the hell not? I'm, a, <laughs> I, I'm accused of it anyway. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> Perfect. So we've heard about 
35 different stories of you avoiding death, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're going to outlive all of us. Uh-huh. Me what, too. What's the thing that's going to take you down? Well, in all honesty, I have to admit, Spies. at 87 in September, I am starting to realize I'm getting old. <laughs> um, Not in our hearts, sir. Yeah. No, I, I have slowed down. Um, I'll, <laughs> I, I, I'll give you the, the main problem. Okay. I... I was fine with my hearing until I got into that 64 Corvette and didn't wear the earplugs. The owner told me to wear the earplugs. I said, I've raced all these years without wearing earplugs. You knew better. Yeah, yeah. You knew better. Uh, Dick Simon. And I didn't put the earplugs in. I didn't realize that his exhaust was right outside. Oh, it's almost like he He knew what he was warning you about. Exactly about his car. He should almost listen to other people. So I lost my hearing that day. And I now have hearing Hearing aids. Okay. Wow. With those hearing aids... I also have, I had cataracts removed. Okay. I went years without having them removed. I listened to them. They finally told me, look, Dick, you're, you're, you need to have those cataracts removed or your sight's going to go away. Uh-huh. I said, well, it's okay. <laughs> and, and they said, nah, you know, you're getting old. You got to get those out. I went in. It blew up. Mm. The cataract blew up. They had to operate. So a lens in my eye. So now I have a little depth perception problem. So now when I'm climbing on and off a boat. Like on a ladder. It's like, yeah, I got to grab something to make sure. Because what happens when I step off this boat, I no longer can see that that's six inches. I I now see maybe it's a foot. Yeah, right. And maybe it's six inches. So I I find myself feeling with my foot and then I'm okay. Uh So it's not going to be a midair collision. No. no, so what it's I'm trying to say, okay. some stupid thing might get me. Bees. Yeah. Because in my heart, I still have problems forgetting that I need to grab something. Okay. So like the other day, I stepped off a boat. I wasn't holding on. The boat, I stepped off thinking the dock was three inches, four inches down, was over a foot. Uh. And my foot missed the dock and went down the edge. I fell on my face on the dock. Yeah. Now, I could have hit my head on that cleat. I'd be dead. So is my eyes going to be the ruination? Is my hearing going to be the ruination? I don't know. But physically, I could still whip a lot of guys. Uh, no doubt. <laughs> so it's, it's not going to be a midair collision. It's not going to be a race car. It's going to be a six-inch step. It's not going to be hand-to-hand <laughs> combat, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a, a missing a step. Or something like that. Okay. Yeah, and that's what I'm afraid of right now. I, I told you I, I, I still have fear uh, of I don't like to get hurt. Uh, I'm not afraid of getting hurt as long as I don't get hurt so bad I can't continue. Um, you know, getting hurt is part of experiencing life. Uh, some people are afraid. Be the well, some people are afraid to get hurt, but then they don't experience all of life. Yeah, yeah. You know, my wife is that. She's a wonderful lady. Yeah, but man. She won't take any chances whatsoever. You know, I mean. I think you've taken your shit yeah, for her. because she's yeah. been around you. Well, <laughs> that's why. You're taking the chances for for both of you. <laughs> yeah. For more than both of you. She, she doesn't fly anymore with me. <laughs> All right. Well, I'd say we've, uh, we've got something. Okay. Yep. Nice. Back to work. <laughs> Go sell some, sell some yachts. Sell some boats. Now you guys have fun with it. Do whatever you want. All right. He said it. <laughs> Thank you.
something in the air that says Christmas is near. Maybe it's the peppermint scent from the candle that's sitting in the windowsill. Snow is finally falling. Children are, are all bundled up, making snowmen and angels. And all is well. We're caroling, singing the jingle bells. And it's the perfect time of year to get it now. You better, you better, yeah. I'll pick you up round six. We'll wear our favorite sweater. Some sparkle in each other's eyes, eyes. Uh, let's make a fire, just me and you. Talk about all that we could do. Make this December a Christmas to remember forever. It's lit up everywhere in the city square. Holding hands, ice skating, while the moonlight shades your silhouette, my dear. Your skin, it is so fair. Brush red cheeks from the cold look, just like Rudolph's nose. You pull me close with your eyes closed under that mistletoe. It's the perfect time of year to get to know. Some sparkle in each other's eyes, eyes, eyes. 